Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Warning. The following is the officially sanctioned podcast about the show about four lifelong friends who compete to embarrass each other in public. You know the one. The official Impractical Jokers podcast. Welcome to the official Impractical Jokers podcast. Now, this is a mini episode. We talked so much last week with the comedy producers of Impractical Jokers. Some stuff had to get cut that's really good. We're here with John Zaluga, Megan Rico, Joe Ambergio, Danny Green, of course, and James McCarthy. So this is a this is a really fun one. We're going to continue talking about little tidbits about the show. Behind the scenes, stuff we like. And now you get to listen to it right now. Do you remember when we first were working at North South on Jokers, Joe? And uh, they would edit Say Yes to the Dress. Yeah. And it would be on the other side of our room. Yes. And so we were just whoever the editor was, was working without headphones. And we would just hear like the same clip of say yes same to the dress over, over and over. It'd be like, and you got a dress and you got a dress and you got a dress <laughs> all day. It now we insane. just hear the jokers laughing on a loop. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I also is, love how yesterday Will like, Will Thaxon came into our room and was like, Hey, can you guys hear my music when I'm working? And we were like, no, we can't. And then later in the day, everyone was wearing headphones except for me. And I for sure, he was listening to some like disco hits. Really? Yeah, yeah. He, he was, I guess he like, it was like, oh, I'll crank it up. Then. I it's think fine. so. I heard it too. Yeah, right? Yeah. It was kind of great. This is a real good one. That's a yeah. real saw going. Well, Thaxon's going for it. Just some fax facts for you. His favorite album is Ziggy Stardust. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his favorite uh, seltzer flavor is plain. Favorite color is blue. And he knows the cleaning lady's birthday. May 5th. We had a whole list of facts, facts written on our wall for a while. Yeah. Oh, actually, no, it's May 1st. It's the same as Murray's. There we go. So we used to have facts, facts written on the wall, but now we just have like a story time graveyard for John Saluga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he likes to spin a yarn. Um, yeah, you wouldn't know it from this podcast, but I talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so we write down the titles of some of the stories he's no longer allowed to I, repeat. It's helpful. I don't want to repeat myself. I so love your like story it. so much, John. You're working on sleep deprivation. Uh, See, that's that. that's yeah. true. Yeah, John is a, f- a fantastic storyteller. Yeah. And a great daddy. Yeah. And you also, so John, you don't know that. Hold on. You I'm don't a, know that. No, he doesn't no, know I'm that at all. I'm pretty sure you are. Like what I, I said, like I know from experience, I've seen him like perform, uh, you know, stand up and he tells stories all the time. He's amazing. What have you seen as far as him being a father? I saw him once with his dad, with his son. With you his what? Could... With his son. <laughs> but you almost said dad. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't seen him with his dad. I don't no, know if I'm going haven't. to. No, <laughs> no, you, no, probably not. Real quick though, Joe, what were some of the attributes you liked about him as a father? He, he tossed the baby to me and let me hold him. Just what, what loosely else? tossed him? Let yeah. me ask you this. What, was your shirt on? I believe it was. Yes, oh, it was. Was it? Yes. Yeah. But the oh, first that, time. This is yeah, another time. Seen, yeah, you've been around my son more more, more, more often time. shirtless than not. Shirtless it was the a, first time. Yeah. It was at a sprinkler party in your backyard. Yeah, that's what we call it. <laughs> a sprinkler party was, in my yeah. backyard. <laughs> in whose backyard? Casey's? Yeah. Well, we were supposed to go. Casey's parents. Casey's parents house. Yeah. yeah, we were supposed to go to a swim club to celebrate Casey's birthday and it rained that day. So instead, uh, 
I played, I, I alone played in the sprinkler in your backyard. And when you arrived with your son, uh, my shirt happened to be off. And I, yes. I think, I think that's what you're referring to. No, I think you were referring to it okay. as a sprinkler we'll party, which is insane. I mean, I'm, I, it, for me, it was a sprinkler party. It makes okay. Staten Island sound real bad. Like we don't have pools. We got sprinkler right. parties, no pool party. <laughs> I mean, I, it's pretty fun. Like, like it, it, but it wasn't really like if one person goes in the sprinkler, is it a sprinkler party? Someone thanked me for bringing the party. So you're welcome, Casey. Oh, really? Who yeah. is that? I forget. <laughs> okay. But it's some kind of automatic sprinkler. Yeah. It was like a motion sensor sprinkler. So I was trying to like get past it without setting it off. My dad puts on great. a motion sensor sprinkler for when deer come in the, yeah. in his backyard to like eat his flowers. Yeah. As soon as the deer come, it shoots it with water and the deer runs away, which I think is pretty, it's, it's, pretty nice, cool. it's a harmless. Yeah. Once Again. I discovered it was a motion sensor, I was having a time <laughs> of my life with it. So your dad said sprinklers to ward off deer. Mm-hmm. Again, Staten Island, very strange place. I do not understand <laughs> yeah, what his, it's like. His lawn is like artificial turf. So there's sprinklers set up, Wait, what? but there's what? not real grass. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Dan Jost podcast. <laughs> Dan Jost we, is the, the official Dan Jost podcast. There's a lot of people trying to make versions. Yeah. So my dad put in like basically like a modern version of AstroTurf in the backyard. So, but it looks like real grass. It looks very real. But he never has to mow the lawn. Mm-hmm. He's scamboned. Right. Earth, Mother right. Earth. So the sprinklers only come on when the deer show up. Wow. Yeah. Right. Yep. Pretty That's much. Pretty I mean, there are. He has like a ton of flowers and gardening That's stuff. That's true. Yeah. He's so got a very nice setup. It does work, but then the new problem is that there's it like set, like butterflies trick the sensor too, and he's like, oh, my things are getting over uh, overwatered. Like my garden's getting overwatered, and it's there's killing dead all butterflies, these butterflies everywhere. <laughs> they were certainly like, oh, overwatered no. that day. Yeah. So, so he has a fake lawn covered in dead butterflies. <laughs> that's Dan Island, though. That's, okay. yeah, that's we a microcosm. We, we got to address this. So me and Megan are not from Staten Island. Right. So John, Joe, and Casey are. Yes. John Zaluga's Staten Island is also my favorite version of Staten Island. Because <laughs> it seems like Staten Island. you come from a place where it seems like, I always like to joke about it, like it, like anything, if it was a sitcom, like things just pop up, like I need them to. You're like, oh yeah, there's a farm next door. It's called the Noliumville. There's like, yeah. it's an old factory. Like, yeah, the guy who lives in the woods and all, like it was a lot of that stuff, which it's not even like that. And, but I'm from Travis, Staten Island. And, and in the eighties, it was kind of like, I felt like we were kind of like the last town to get right. hit with just wooded areas getting knocked down and a bunch of stores going up and stuff. But yeah, it was really like, very rural, and I lived next to the Staten Island landfill, which is where I used to like play as a, as a kid. I'm honestly surprised you don't have more limbs. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. picture no. you with like a piece of wheat at, like hanging out of your mouth that you're yeah, chewing we on. Used to, we used to do that. They had these like trees that they look like string beans coming from the tree. We used to pretend to like smoke like these weird like string beans. Yeah, it was a lot of that like hillbilly wow, stuff. That's great. I love that Joe just like tried to make fun of you, and you were like, "Yeah, we did that." No, I remember this. No, I had a, I had a when I was a kid, I had a babysitter like show me how to like pull out grass slowly. And just eat the white part, John. I like had that's this, the part you eat. I had the same thing. Did Somebody you really showed me how to pull grass out and eat the white? I mean, it doesn't taste what? good. What do you mean the eat fe- the white? I don't you, even understand. Grass has a white. If you pull, it's almost yeah. like a you know, like a scallion is like green and then kind of white at the bottom. Like one piece of grass kind of looks like that, and the white part is like softer. But why can't I? I, I, I this is so funny. You said it, and then I immediately <laughs> remembered it. No, I, I kind of think that. I don't know why you would eat it because it's actually dirtier in a way. This is why your dad put in artificial turf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Casey would stop eating. eating yeah. Eat the lawn. <laughs> makes sense. I got a question for you guys. And this is a question I get asked a bunch. And I'm sure you do too, Casey. So figured you would ask you guys. 
People ask if like they can work on the show or how you got your job being a comedy producer on this show. Yeah. Just real quickly, uh, each of you go over like your path to working on this show. For me, it was, I've been doing comedy for a long time and uh, I do stand up also. I used to do sketch comedy. I had a sketch troupe uh, at the same time as the Tenderloins. They were doing their thing and we didn't know each other, but we definitely knew of each other. And it was really the first time I ever talked to Sal. Sal was bartending on Staten Island and I was at the bar and I was just like, hey, we haven't met. And then Sal was kind of like, yeah, but I know who you are. And we started talking about comedy and stuff like that. And it was really, that's how we met. And then I got to collaborate with Sal on uh, Mid Evenings, which was Jay Miller's show. And there were always like comedy shows happening on Staten Island, stand-up shows and stuff like that. And it was just just being part of a community and not knowing like, where people were going to end up. But I, you know, I say that all the time. You don't know, like the connections you make are so important and you right, don't know, yeah. like even like bringing up Jay Miller's name. Like I met Jay Miller, I think it was like 1999. Like it's crazy. Like I've known Jeff wow. Sellis for a very long time. Before the millennium. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, it's crazy. Just a lot of people that just uh, never stopped doing what they were doing and also supported each other. A lot of comedians came out of Staten Island and they're, they're working right now, which is yeah. great. Yeah. Do you have a funny story about, Hanging out with Sal or any of the guys? Yeah, Sal as a bartender was great. I mean, I got to a point where we, when we became very close and then I just, uh, I didn't pay for drinks ever, mm. which was nice. But then I used to feel bad because I liked the bar. And there was one night I was just like, Sal, like you should really take some money, please. <laughs> um, and Sal, Sal was great because he, it wasn't like he was just screwing the bar. He had a system and he explained it to me and he pointed, there was a group of girls at the other end of the bar and he's like, you see those girls over there? And I was like, yeah, he goes, they come in, they're obnoxious, they're rude, they don't tip, their drinks cost more, and that covers your drinks. And I'm like, oh, all right. Like he, had this, he had a way of like making, it, making it all work. I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah, that's that's good. so good. <laughs> also, yeah, moral of the story, just be nice uh, to be, your bartender. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yes. Uh, Megan, how about you? How'd you get working here? Um, mine's weird. Uh, so I'm not from Staten Island and I didn't know anyone. And also I was like three in 1999. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm from Miami. And so when I was in college, I interned um, at late night with Seth Meyers uh, with Eric Lederman. Yeah. That's, yeah, re- that's real been, dad. That's yeah, real boss. Real dad. Old yeah, boss. He, Eric he was Lederman. A, yeah. He was the showrunner on a show on the show for a little bit. And um, uh, he works. Yeah. He works for Seth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's the coolest man in the world, too. He's really cool. Yeah. Very cool. Great he's, appeared, he's appeared on Great the show trousers. as well. Yeah, he's appeared with shirtless on the show several times. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait till he meets your son. <laughs> it doesn't really narrow it down. There's been a lot of yeah. He's one of the more fit shirtless guys. Yeah. He's got a beard, usually. Yeah. So um, I was working there, and I remember he asked another intern to, like, if she could babysit one night, and she got very offended for some reason. So then he was like, hey, Megan, can you do it? And I was like, sure. So I hung out with his schnauzers uh, and his cool... Star Wars rug and it was great uh, and I did that a couple of times so then when I moved back he was like hey are you back in New York can you babysit also uh, what's your employment like and he helped me out he like had a meeting with me and just like helped me like with my work and like advice I remember in that meeting he was literally like oh well the show I used to work on is looking for a script assistant which is the person who like sits on set and types up everything that happens because there's no script and you have to like have some sort of record. Um, and he was like, do you want that? So he called uh, Pete McPartland like that day and I went in for an interview and it went well. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so I was cool. like that for a long time and it was very hard. And then I moved up to like the in-room assistant, which was more fun and easier. And <laughs> now I'm a comedy producer. So that's great. Say that's yes so awesome. to being nice and do the stuff, guys. Yeah. 
But you're also a comedian on your own right, and you perform improv and stuff in the yeah. city. You take classes at UCB. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's... I do UCB, and um, I, I'm writing. I write stuff on my own and stuff. And Joe, and Berger, how about you? Oh, um, that's all the time we have today. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for listening to the official Impractical Jokers podcast. Uh, what do you really? Got? Yeah, yeah. I first met the guys as a group uh, on a pilot they were shooting called Show Me Your Nuts, in which I was at one point forced to make out with an 80-year-old man. Um, and that's all the time we have. <laughs> See, guys, you got to do things anymore. you don't want to do <laughs> to get a job. You got to make out with an 80-year-old man. You got to babysit. It's a good story, you but drink next time. Free we'll beers. Ha- <laughs> Joe, we'll have you back to tell us your nuts story with an old man. I'll show you my nuts. And so also, that's how you guys met the Jokers or got uh, asked to apply for the show. But then after that, you still had to apply. There's like a, a packet that you have to fill out and a bunch of comedians from New York and LA and wherever send in for the show. And then we go through those packets and yours gets picked as the best. So it's not like you guys just know the guys and stumbled into it. I mean, the guys know plenty of people. Yeah, Yeah. there's there's a lot of friends that we have that like didn't get the gig. It's it's also you guys do a great job and get the show and you're fantastic at it. But yeah, for what it's worth, anybody listening, like I I applied twice. Like I did a packet, I interviewed with Lederman and and the guys and and didn't get the job the first time. So it was like, and then it was a couple of years later that I, that I went for it. So Sal gave me an opportunity, but anybody who submits to the show, um, when the guys are reviewing packets, there's no names on it. They don't know, you know, they may have friends in there, but when yeah, they're looking the packets, at it, it's, we read the packets blind. Yeah. And then we're like, okay, this one is good. And then we find out, oh, that's John Zaluga. Yeah. And so, for me, I had to make out with an 80 year old man. So there's no one so, path. Yeah, but you jumped on in season two. The show was different back then. Now there's a process. Right. There's more of an obstacle course back then. Well, in in season one, so I helped out with the pilot a little bit with like a, some music. And then I, Sal was like, hey, we don't have room for comedy producers or anything like that. But if you want to come on as a PA, and like help with vans and you'll, you'll, you know, we'll do some creative stuff together. I was like, all right. So we worked on that. And in the middle of season one, we had the option to have like producers and I still had to submit a packet. Yeah. And so it's yeah. like, I was already creating for the show in my own right. And then I still had to submit a packet with like challenge ideas, punishment ideas, all kinds of things like that. So, so it's, yeah, it's tricky. I also love how fans sometimes think you only make music for the show. <laughs> like that's like your only gig. It's <laughs> like a very small percentage of what you do. Like and they under think 1%. I make, they think I make all the music too. Yeah. Like all the little like, you know, gong noises, and <laughs> <laughs> like whistles and bells and like little like uh, beds of music underneath when the guys are talking. I just that's make the silly James, stuff. Right? James does all the sound effects for every show. Yeah. There, we don't have any, uh, any, anything but my mouth just making all the, yes. I do. <laughs> and Joe's mouth is used to kiss an 80 year old man. Yeah. yeah. Mostly. In Berger, do you have a good story about hanging out with the guys? I know you do. Yeah. We'll pick uh, one. Uh, to, I guess to kind of tag along to the one uh, John told about Sal, we do a secret bad Santa every year. And I had Sal last year as my bad secret Santa. And the idea is everyone gets each other like the worst gifts possible. And um, without Sal knowing, I was able to obtain his credit card. And we all go to this uh, this like Polynesian restaurant because it's mediocre Chinese food, basically. We go to the Polynesian restaurant for mediocre Chinese food. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, it goes with the vibe of bad Santa. Right, exactly. Bad food. It's all just very campy and we have a really good time. And so at the end of the meal, I presented Sal with, I luckily somehow had him as the last, like, reveal, the last person to show a gift to. And he, I gave him his gift, which was the bill for the entire meal. And it was like $600. It was already charged <laughs> oh, his credit there's card. There's at least like 12 people who are eating bad Chinese food. And, yeah. and even though it's bad, it's 
still has a price. And I didn't want to tell anyone that I, obviously I wanted to be a surprise, but everyone was like kind of nervous if they didn't want to order too much because you know, you have to split it at the end. I was like, no, you guys get more drinks, get everything, get one of everything. I was encouraging people to spend money and Sal, luckily he loved it. He thought it was very funny. What were some of the other bad gifts given out? Um, one time, uh, someone got someone else a live lobster. <laughs> so at the, at the end of the meal out of a brown paper bag came a lobster. And unfortunately <laughs> we didn't know what to do with it. So the, the chef came out and he cooked it for us like right down there. <laughs> that, that's actually the best way that's that could have turned out. But it was still, I, it still I, came I out mediocre. It, that's okay. It still didn't come out that good, <laughs> even as fresh as it was. That was an insane one. I know we, we did a thing. There's like some gifts that keep getting regifted, and the first time we did it, there were these like rolls that like somebody had just like by chance, and then we were had a like bread rolls, bread rolls that were wrapped in in um a saran wrap, and we were throwing them at each other, like at Sal specifically, and Sal hates the litter, so he kept picking them all up, but then we would like take them out of the garbage and throw it at him again, so then he hates that as well because it's like dirty rolls that are he's getting hit with, and then he was like stop, stop, and then he he like went to shop like at like another place like in this little like a uh, strip mall, he went to like a Target, and then while we were in there, we snuck in and like hid and he thought we had gone that this was all over and then we were started pelting him with rolls inside a target and uh, so that was great and then years later he kept a roll and as a gift to a, of another person a bad sending gift was like here's the roll mofo <laughs> yeah it was like in his he, freezer like, for years up. in that freezer was also a dead goldfish mm-hmm. yeah and uh i don't know probably, probably some waffles some waffles yeah so one thing we wanted to touch on a couple weeks ago joe gatto made a bet on air if Brian Quinn listened to this podcast and said the word Vanderbilt to him, Joe would give him $500. And Brian did not listen to this podcast. Yeah. Joe I tweeted also- about it and he wrote, no. As somebody asked online, Elise Cran- at Cranberry Jam, Cranberry with a K. Have you mentioned Vanderbilt to Joe yet? Hashtag Joker's podcast. Joe said no and he missed the deadline. So at BQ Quinn officially owes me $500. Hashtag told you so. I was in for some money on that, so I'm really glad it didn't happen. Yeah, no, I, I knew Quinn would not listen to it. Q's out there reading comic books and just having a good time. He's on vacation. Have a good vacation, Brian. And I say that knowing you won't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, Danny, you have some business you wanted to talk about? Yeah, a few weeks ago, we had Chris O'Neill, the actor, on the podcast. He was in the uh, Joe Genie Punishment. And during the show something that got cut out is he was on stage for about three or four minutes having to improvise while backstage all the producers were trying to get the set ready and Casey you said oh you should find that clip uh, we can put it in the episode it took me a few weeks but we finally got it here it is there is no way this is happening I don't believe it how does he fit in such a tiny bottle Who would have thought, me, Taj, just roaming the desert, and I stumble upon this. Uh, No one would believe me. There's no way this is real. But what if it is? What if I'm not dreaming? What if I actually met a genie? What if I'll actually get in my palace? What if I'll actually marry the princess? There is no way this is real. But maybe my luck's changed. Maybe things are turning around for old Taj. 
I can only hope. Please don't be dreaming. Please don't be dreaming. Okay, I'm not dreaming. Well, if I do get my palace and I do get my princess, what's my life going to be then? Will I become rich and famous? Will I lose all my friends because they're jealous? Will it matter? Probably not. Oh, please let this be real. Please, Jeannie, please grant me some wishes. I really want to marry that princess. I really want my palace. Please be real. Please be real. Please be real. Please be real. So old Taj, just walking around on a Friday. I just want to reiterate this to myself, just so I'm clear. I'm broke, and I'm strolling through the desert. I did. I found the lamp. Here's the lamp. There was a genie in the lamp. Those were some thick eyebrows. <laughs> But hey, it's a genie. I've never seen or met a genie before. He looked a little pasty, but that's all right. But God, those eyebrows. Those are some thick, thick eyebrows. But I guess when you're a genie, you can have thick eyebrows, because who's going to say anything? Look at my poor thin eyebrows. Here I am critiquing a genie's eyebrows. I must be crazy. But that's all right. Why am I picking apart this poor genie? He's a good-looking man. Looks like he's been underwater for a while. But please let this be real. Let me find out if this is real. If you guys have any questions, remember to go on Twitter and hashtag Joker's Podcast. Ask us anything at all. We'd love to answer questions. So please use it. Tweet at us. Let's go through everyone's Twitter handle real quick. We got at SI underscore bad boy. That's Joe Ambergio. So that's easy. Uh, John? At John Saluga. Not easy. Not easy. Uh, my last S-Z. name is S-Z-E-L-U-G-A. Saluga. Yeah. Megan has no social media presence. Mm, you guys can follow me on Twitter. It's at uh, Mog underscore Rico. So it's M-O-G underscore R-I-C-O. And Don't then, talk to me. That's just follow <laughs> just, me. And then we also got uh, at Mick James McCarthy. That's right. And at Casey Jost. That's right. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. Guys, thanks so much for being here. Next week, we have executive producer Pete McPartland on the Ooh. show. So very excited. So stay tuned. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks, everyone, for being here. See you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.